Welcome to Content Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Khadija, and I'm a content marketing manager. This podcast is for marketers, either current marketers or marketers of the future, who are early or mid-stage and focused mostly on performing content marketing duties or thinking about exploring other areas of marketing. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I look forward to our conversations. conversing with other marketers at a similar level and using that to build brand awareness and thought leadership for the agency um, in that space. So for me, obviously, um, I'm able to leverage the skills in particular with the podcast um, that I was doing for work and now I'm doing for pleasure right here, right now. And I learned a lot during that time um, and I've taken it one step further basically by having these conversations and sharing these musings, um, but just with myself in in my home office slash studio. So, um, so yeah, as I was saying, uh, when I was interviewing my current role, we were talking about the intersections between content, product, and growth marketing. And my manager was saying um, that he'd been musing on it for quite some time. And then really when you boil it down, you know, fundamentally, what's the difference between the three? What I thought was an interesting point, an interesting thought for sure. Um, so when I was interviewing for my growth marketing role, um, I was coming from a content marketing specialist role. And I really wasn't sure how my experience was going to shift into growth marketing because of the fact that um, growth marketers I'd worked with um, previously were involved in the demand gen side and particularly um, focused on numbers and reporting. And of course, I've always worked the numbers in the sense of being able to look at them, understand what they're saying in terms of how content is performing but in terms of actually being responsible majority of my job being around reporting that was something i wasn't um previously experienced with so that made me a little bit nervous but in that case like i said with the agency was more about brand awareness building brand content up so it was actually a good fit and then you know going into growth but then not having the traditional quote-unquote Um, growth marketing traits in terms of my experience and then now wanting to shift towards the dream role of a content marketing manager so basically um, looking back on my career as I was you know speaking in my interview I realized that other than when I was in my generalist marketing specialist or sort of role which was during my first um, job in tech I never had actually rolled up to a content marketing manager so for me, um, it was interesting to think about what that person would take care of. And then, you know, I was kind of assigned things based on that. So maybe it was looking at the editorial calendar. Maybe they were in charge of social. You know, maybe they were ideating different things for the blog, content strategy, things I'd been exposed to, but never been responsible for, right? So most of the time I was rolling up to folks that were heavily entrenched in product marketing. Um, and that's the case today as well and then also I've rolled up to someone that was just ahead of marketing in title but previously the majority of her experience was in digital marketing and even when you think about digital marketing it's kind of a weird um it's kind of a weird title because I think that all marketing now is digital marketing so it's like what does that really mean um I don't really think it's an umbrella role per se 
Um, but every organization is different and a lot of organizations don't even have digital marketers because everybody's a digital marketer at the end of the day we're increasingly operating in digital digital world we're creating content for digital platforms you know websites blogs all that stuff seems to live online so to me it seems redundant to have someone in that role but like i've said and alluded to even with growth marketing every organization is different so that's just my opinion um so then i was thinking about the intersections between content product and growth now that i've you know directly or indirectly held all three of those roles and i say indirectly for product in particular because i've rolled up to two product marketers um, throughout the course of my marketing career actually three sorry three marketers um, product marketers over the course of my career and currently even though i'm a content marketing manager i exist and operate within a product marketing pod so even though i'm doing quote unquote all the traditional content marketing stuff like blogs case studies white papers video scripts whatever the case is um, i'm also working alongside our product marketers in creating um collateral for our go to markets that we have in terms of products. So that to me is a very interesting intersect and it's great to see how I've been able to challenge myself but also feel like I can move seamlessly between the more traditional duties of content marketing and moving into the requirements of product marketing and product launches. So I've definitely found that there is a lot of overlap in the skills and duties. And then I was, as I was thinking about what I wanted to, you know, talk about in this episode, I was able to come up with a short list of about six things that I find that you will be doing in content, product, and growth marketing. So definitely just want to dive into those further now. And, you know, as folks reflect on this episode, you know, interact with me in the comments, whatever the case is, I'd love to hear if you have any other things to add to this list or if you agree or disagree. So the first thing I would say, quite obviously, is content creation. In all of these roles, you are creating content. Um, Content marketing, most of it is external facing, but sometimes you are creating content that's for enablement internally. So for example, you might be creating one pagers that are, you know, used by sales folks, for instance, when they're reaching out to people. But you might also be creating kind of leaflets or guides or one pagers that are used to educate uh, internally on maybe an event or maybe a product feature or something like that. And even though it can be leveraged externally, um, there's definitely opportunity to create things both um, for internal and external use. Um, of course, most of the stuff is written. Um, it can be written for visual execution, for example, for a video, but a lot of this, the content, of course, created as a content marketing manager is written content. And of course, once you're creating, there also is a component of editing. And I think that um, it's great if you have other content folks in particular, not that other marketers can't edit, but it's great if you have other people in your specific wheelhouse to really bounce ideas off of and be able to step away from what you've created and have them be a fresh set of eyes on it. Um, so I would say, depending, um, I would say the job is about 80% creation and 20% editing, depending on what your organizational needs are. 
uh, in product, as I mentioned, there's definitely um, content creation in terms of go-to-market collateral. So this could be internal and external pitch decks for new products as a whole, or maybe it's just a new feature that you're adding to your current um, product or service offering and being able to make that super accessible to a variety of audiences. Um, of course, you have or you should hopefully have your ideal customer profiles um, established as a business, which are basically the people that are fitting into your intending intended audience and the people that are the best fit essentially for your product or service offering. So you're creating content internally to educate folks, usually your field teams or go-to-market teams, on what they need to know to best put that product out into the market. But you're also you know, educating the market in the, so product prospects and customers about what it is that this product or service does and also why it would benefit them. And that, uh, um, that requires a lot of thought, um, a lot of collaboration with product and engineering teams, which are folks that, you know, they really have their niche, but they don't typically write. They can definitely share their thoughts with you, but then usually you have to shape it into some sort of a narrative. And that um, requires a lot of collaboration, which I think is what makes that role so special. In content marketing, I feel like you get to collaborate and hear people's point of views and stories from an external point of view. So basically, usually when you're creating case studies, but product marketers really get to work with folks internally and hear their take on a new product or service and then turn that into a beautiful narrative or story. And then on the growth marketing side, again, it depends what kind of growth marketing you're doing, but I've found that a lot of the time, even if you are more numbers focused, um, you're definitely creating content in terms of how you present those findings in a report and in a way that makes it digestible for everyone involved in having to review those sorts of numbers and findings. Um, so that's definitely one form of content creation. And then of course, if you're doing things on the paid advertisement and paid social side, you have to be well-versed in writing advertising copy. You might be able to collaborate with your content marketer on this, but of course, if there isn't one, um, this will fall under your list of responsibilities. So a lot of variety there, but at the end of the day, content creation is happening under all three of these marketing umbrellas. The next one I would say is um, promoting your material. Um, so, you know, really wanting to get eyes on that stuff that you've spent so much time and energy creating. And this can be promoting internally and externally. So for example, um, whenever I have a new blog that's gone up on our website, I make sure to post for all of our field teams to see. So specifically, I post to our marketing team. Um, hey, just so you guys know, this new blog is online. And then also I post for our sales team so they can have, you know, a quick grab, a quick glance at what's new on, in terms of our content repository and then be able to leverage that in their conversations if it's relevant for any prospects. And as well, our customer success team can use it with customers being like, you know, really showing how we're being a thought leader and just you know, increasing our brand stickiness, you could say. Um, as a product marketer, um, I've found that you definitely have to um, seek buy-in within your organization. So it's not just about creating um, collateral for people that are looking at the product from an external point of view, but also internally, you want to make sure people are as educated as possible, have the messaging and positioning that they need to be successful, whether they're selling the product, um, whether they're looking to improve the product roadmap going forward or make amendments to it. 
um, there is a lot of promoting of the work that you've done that doesn't just involve the external market that would fit um, in terms of your ideal customer. And then on the growth side, um, you're definitely promoting the material you've created, especially if you're doing things through a paid medium. Um, it's really important to consider the fact that I think most of the work there is external. If you're doing a report, it's usually viewed internally, but it usually culminates um, you know, results of things that are presented to an external audience. So being able to show those results, you know, get that buy-in externally so you can do more of the same of what's working and of course justify why certain initiatives should be eliminated if you have the data to show that it's not working. Both important parts of how you present that information, how you promote that information as a growth marketer. And then I think this kind of falls into my next one, um, which is distribution. So all of these roles have to distribute what it is that they've created. So on the growth side, you might be distributing those ads on social media. On the product side, you're definitely distributing that information and that educational content, both internally, um, you know, with your fellow team members and externally within the market. And then on the content side, sometimes you end up working with another social media person, or sometimes that's all on you um, to disseminate that information online and show people what it is that you've written because with all of these roles you can create and create and create but if it doesn't land in front of the right people you're not going to be seeing how effective it actually is and as a content marketer who might be doing social there's so many different branches of social that you can use so it's not just posting on your company linkedin page that you have this new blog post or this new new case study you could take it belong beyond linkedin rather and maybe you go to twitter and you either promote the link to the post that you've uh, created, or maybe you go in and you take some key insights and you rewrite it as a Twitter thread, or maybe you're sharing you know, a video recap or summary of that content on Twitter or on LinkedIn, or you're going into LinkedIn groups and you know, you're finding people in your space that you can engage in conversations with, then you kind of slip that piece of content in there as something to validate what argument or you know, what point that you're trying to make in those conversations. One thing I did um, a couple of roles back, which I haven't really done since, but I think it's so valuable, is using forums such as Quora, you know, finding questions that can be answered by the content you've created, and then being able to not only answer those questions through an expert's point of view, because you've been so close to the topic for quite some time as you create the content, but then also that's a great opportunity to serve up that content and maybe have it you know get shared around so there's definitely different ways that you can go about distributing that content but it's all going to be online and it's not just akin or it's not just exclusive to within your organization a lot of the time you are promoting that to an external audience and you can definitely get creative with how you do that in any of these roles um, one thing i'll find as well with all of these is that these all um, they all have to work cross-functionally in order to be successful if you don't like working with other departments if you'd rather be in kind of your own bubble in your own world then a i don't think you should go into marketing in general but specifically in content 
marketing, product marketing and growth, like there is no way that you won't be working with other departments to help inform the roadmap of what it is that you're creating. So for example, myself as a content marketer, the first thing that you do, especially when you're new to an organization or maybe you're new to creating content for that specific field or industry, you want to learn as much as you can. And to be honest with you, the fastest way to do that is if there is software that records calls that your organization uses, listen to as many calls as you can, especially in the beginning, but still make that a regular practice. But also talking to tenured folks that are also on the go-to-market side. So specifically tenured sales folks that have closed deals, um, tenured customer success folks that can share with you some customer stories and kind of what that journey was like for them and what sort of success they're seeing. That will help you so much to understand how people are talking about the product or service that you're offering, what sort of questions, comments, and concerns are coming and um, from the market and what sort of patterns are emerging there. And in general, if you're going to you know, look at other content that's being created in your space, it gives you a starting point to understand what sort of topics you should be looking at and how other people in your space, specific, specifically your competitors, are really talking about that. So that's important, just learning from people in different departments who would have a great point of view, um, great perspective to share with you. So for content folks, and even for product folks, I would say talk to your fellow go-to-market people in the form of sales and marketing folks that are more tenured in particular. Um, For product folks, aside from the go-to-market side, you're definitely going to have to work with product and engineering, depending on how your organization is set up. There is no way that you can market a product that you don't understand, and the people that are closest to it and, you know, creating the products and the features are going to be your first point of content, contact and first point of truth for how to really understand that product and then also how to talk about it what sort of message that they're hoping to send that you can of course make more accessible for the audience that you're trying to sell it to so be ready to work with those folks it may seem daunting of course because you might just be used to working with other quote-unquote creatives in the form of marketers but if you want to get into product marketing be comfortable with talking with product teams and engineering teams And then on the growth side, I think you definitely have to work with um, your fellow marketers for sure. So that's still within the department, but you're also going to be talking to um, other people that work with numbers. So for example, depending on what you're trying to report on, you might be working pretty heavily with a finance team. You know, depending on what sort of findings your report yields to you, you might be looking at working with finance to understand you know, how possible certain initiatives that you might be thinking of are. And then you also might be working with revenue operations, depending on how your organization is set up, or if you have marketing operations still in marketing, but they are very focused on the tech stack and they're very focused on helping you better digest the numbers for what sort of outcomes you're trying to present on. So be ready to work with those folks, be ready to be numbers focused, numbers driven, Um, and use that as a way to keep the ball rolling in terms of the initiatives you're trying to accomplish and trying to initiate. Reporting and data interpretation was the next one I had on my list. And as I've kept saying, I think it falls mostly under growth, but I think that to understand what's working well and to understand the ROI of what you've created, especially in particular, I would say as a content person who you know, is definitely more on the creative side, I think, out of these three roles, 
you really need to understand if what you're creating is performing well, how you can improve it, and then also if it's actually yielding any sort of business outcome. So one thing I like to look at in terms of metrics as a content marketing manager is session time because this helps you to understand how long people are spending engaging with your brand at any given time, any trends that you see there. And then this helps you to better understand what content is resonating with people and not. Because for example, if you're looking at a user flow or user behavior in terms of maybe they start on a blog and then you know they go look at a case study, which is more long form, or maybe they go register for an event or they sign up for your newsletter and you're finding that this is like a typical path. But then at certain points, they obviously folks are dropping off and you're wondering, you know, if this is a consistent point of drop off when people get to this certain type of content, you can dig into that further and you can understand what you change about that to make it more appealing and give yourself the chance and your brand the chance rather to really develop a more sticky existence in the market. So basically what I'm trying to say is that you really need to look at the data, even if it's, if it's for more creative endeavors, to understand how to improve it. So that way you can trace that back to how it's improving the business or impacting the business. On the product side, for sure, you're looking at data all the time. You're pulling reports, you're trying to understand the need of the market, why you know a product or a feature onto an existing product is important what sort of problems it's trying to solve but you know i really don't think that any product team or product marketing team is just working willy-nilly you know especially when it comes to coming up with things like pricing you need to understand where you sit in the market you need to have all that data in front of you to understand if you have a similar offering to a competitor you know if you're gonna offer a better version of the product which you should be aiming to do then it's like obviously you're probably going to cost that out more and if people are just looking strictly at the money involved it's like what would then make them consider going for the more expensive option if that's you right so you have to be able to present that data understand what the market's looking for what sort of gap you're filling and then go from there i'm not going to go much more into the growth side as i said have to be prepared to work with numbers prepared to report prepared to use that as a way to you know, advocate for different initiatives on the demand gen side. So that's all I'm going to say on that one. My last one is customer interaction. So I don't think any of these roles allow you to shrink away from interacting with your ICP. So ideal customer profile or your customer base, you have to be prepared to interact with customers. And that can be daunting depending on how your business treats customers. So for instance, you know, you might have your tier A customers, you know, something big like a Salesforce or what have you. And, you know, it might be daunting to go into those conversations with people that are spending X amount of money with your organization per year. But, you know, you have to understand at the same time why they as such a large organization decided to seek out your product or service, enroll with your product or service, and then what keeps them around? What makes them want to keep investing and it's like you think about it and you're thinking okay they obviously have the money to make this sort of investment anyways so they're really not thinking about it but as you get into these conversations you will find that the more revenue that a company has the more meticulous they are about their decision making and i feel like this even can be looked at at a micro example folks that 
maybe be in your maybe are in your inner circle that you know have a lot of money and are doing well for themselves you'll find that they're the most selective or the most frugal about certain things and quite honestly that's probably a large part of why they are where they are in the first place so be ready to get into those conversations especially on the content side you might not be interacting with customers that much but if you know case studies and customer stories are very important within your organization which i think they should be in every organization the best way to get that story and get that perspective is to just sit down with the customer let them tell their version of events you know how they got to that point where they arrived at your product or service you know the things they went through the thought process they had in terms of actually purchasing now that they're with you how they feel about the experience both good and bad be open to both good and bad because that's the only way to learn feedback is so crucial and then also give them the chance to kind of muse on how they're hoping to continue using you or what sort of results they're hoping to see or you know basically their plans for the future and that will help you more than you think if you deliver that feedback because maybe you're finding as you talk to more customers that there's a similar pattern or that people are branching out in so many different areas and have so many different interpretations of what your product or service can do that that can go back and inform the product roadmap it can help shape marketing and you know really understand sorry really enable you to understand what it is that you're doing and the sort of impact you're making as an organization because you know i feel like once you have a fresh perspective you know you might think that your product and service only you know solves maybe three problems but then you know in these conversations you might finally you solve closer to seven or ten recurring problems for folks in the market and those are conversations that you need to be having and those are perspectives that need to be public so that other people who might come down the pipeline and see these sorts of solutions that people are are experiencing you know they can feel like they are in good hands and that your organization and your offering are credible and then for product you know I think out of all of these marketing functions that product is most representative of the customer. They are usually acting as the voice of the customer and are definitely the most entrenched in the market. So learning about the market trends, really understanding what customers are hoping to see in terms of the product roadmap, really understanding what's possible with the product and communicating that back to customers, letting them know what's coming, letting them know that you're open to feedback, maybe you're talking to customers in a panel, maybe you have a customer advisory panel um, where you regularly meet with customers, maybe there are different tier of customers that you have and you, you talk with them on a regular basis, you allow them to give their insights, their input, and then you use that to go back to the product and engineering teams and inform the roadmap going forward for the product. So definitely have to be open to talking with customers in those two roles. In growth, I feel like it's not as strong with customer interaction. But at the same time, depending on what you're doing in your growth marketing role, you're basically looking to appease customers in terms of what you're offering them as an organization. So, for example, if it comes about that, you know, customers are looking for a certain type of content, you're obviously going to be working with your content marketer in terms of the production side. But then as a growth marketer, it's like, okay, if customers are asking for more ebooks, for instance, you have to understand what would be useful to actually include in that type of content. 
and then be able to trace it back in terms of what that's going to mean in terms of business impact. And it's great to work with customers and understand why they need these things, what they're hoping to get out of it, because the more conversations you have, the more data points you have to work with, and then the better you can inform how this content should be produced and the better case you can make for why you need to put resources and time and effort into producing that sort of content or those sorts of assets, whatever the case is. So I've just said a lot, (laughs) Um, but the point is here that even if you start off in one area of marketing, even if it's not content, product, or growth, It doesn't mean that you're stuck in that lane and that you can't pivot and transfer the skills that you've spent building over a certain period of time in one of these types of roles and then moving it in a different direction. So much of it is transferable. So much of it makes sense. And the closer you work with other parts of your marketing team, I know some can be siloed into smaller pods and maybe you don't work together as frequently, but the more you communicate, you'll understand better how all of these functions work together and how it's different parts of a whole. So if there's one area of marketing that you're currently pursuing, you know, don't be afraid to start off in a different area if you're fine, you're not having success. It doesn't mean that you can't use the skills that you built up in that time and leverage them to really land the role that you want. Like I said, my path was not linear. When I got into tech, I started out as an outbound sales rep, made good relationships with marketing, and was helping to contribute to their blog content. They asked me to come over to their side as a marketing specialist instead of hiring externally for a co-op position. That I got to wear you know, a ton of different hats, so to speak. I was mostly focused on doing content marketing, but I rolled into product as well, so got that exposure. Went into content marketing, more fully as a specialist then went into growth marketing but more so brand marketing than traditional growth marketing like didn't do any paid or anything like that but still learned about it because that was something they were focused on was training and ensuring that people were exposed to every area of marketing if they wish to be and now i was able to pivot back into content marketing because of being able to leverage all those different skills and basically you know putting forth my results and outcomes in those different roles So definitely be cognizant of the way that these different roles intersect. If you are working with different parts of marketing, you know, it's a great way to evaluate, oh, why are we working together on different projects? How are we working together? What are the outcomes? You know, planning and executing with different areas of the team will help you to understand exactly how what you're doing now fits into the bigger picture and how you can use that to drive yourself forward.